On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and the author of this new book, I Want to Escape, Rush Witt, joins me via Zoom, the wonders of Zoom right now. How are you, Rush? I'm doing great, Clayton. I'm very happy to be with you today and and to be talking uh, talking together. It's so good to have a chat to you. Now, before we even get to the book, I want to hear a bit about uh, your story as well, because um, you are a very busy man. Um, not only do you have uh, this book, you've put out other books. Uh, you're working in various places. You, you're helping other people put out books. You've got family going on. Tell us a bit about That's right. uh, what, what makes up Rush and, and sort of, you know, a typical day or so of Rush's life. Well, you know, Clayton, one of the good things about my life is that while it may look like I'm doing a lot of different things, those things all tend to work together. And so uh, between the uh, the book writing and pastoring a church, which I do here in Ohio, um, and uh, just the other kind of, you know, counseling and some things like that, and, and being able to have great conversations like we're having today, a lot of those things kind of overlap. And so it doesn't feel overwhelmingly busy to me, and, uh, and it's altogether a good thing. So I live in Ohio. I pastor a church, one of the pastors of a church here in a part of Ohio uh, called Bexley. It's very close. It's a part of Columbus, Ohio. And uh, my wife and I and our kids at the time, um, we only had a few kids then. It was about uh, 11 years ago or so we moved here to start this church. And uh, since then, I've had two other kids. So our kids are from 18 down to eight years old. And um, and so, yeah, so we we live here in Ohio, pastor the church, serve um, helping authors through New Growth Press and trying to uh, to make a difference trying to make a difference in the world and in the church. Yeah. Does, is there sort of one underlying principle for you that sort of ties that together? Like when you said trying to make a difference, like, is that the, the, the rush mantra, as it were, like, like, do you have something that you go, actually, this is, this is the filter that I put things through. So I know that I'm going to actually spend my time on this. Yeah, it, it actually is. So uh, when I say make a difference, the kind of difference that I want to make is uh, a gospel difference. And so when I use that word gospel, which, you know, it's familiar to, to Christians, but I even found in my life, my own Christian life, that the idea of the gospel wasn't very clear to me at first until I had some help from from others to kind of show me more of what the Bible says about the gospel. You know, I initially thought that the gospel really was just this sort of thing that if you believed it, you could, you know, you could go to heaven. But as I continued to grow and have really helpful, generous friends come alongside me, I came to understand the gospel as a big, bright announcement of good news of what Jesus had done for me as a sinner in living, dying and rising again, and the good news of his ongoing mercy and help in my life. And that has come to really shape all of these things that I'm trying to do, putting them together to make a difference. So really, when it comes to the books, or it comes to these conversations, or it comes to pastoring a church, uh, that's the center of what I'm trying to get at is help people and help myself to understand that good news more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, now, the other part before we even get into some of your book writing, because I want to I want to follow a bit of the journey of, you know, your work in the book publishing sort of mm -hmm. side of things, but you also have written a number of books even before this one. So I want to understand that. But I've just got to start even with the name Rush. 
is that also uh you know there's not too many people i've met whose first name is no. is is rush is that actually your full name is that a nickname where does that come from where's who was how did you get rush so so my longer my full name is rushton r-u-s-h-t-o-n and that's a family name I have looked up what it means a couple of times, and it seems to just mean red-haired, which I don't have red hair, as you can see. <laughs> or it means um, like rushes growing in a in a pond. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's a family name that's been carried down. And then um, uh, my son, Josiah, his middle name is Rushton. Uh, so that's what it means. It's always been a little different, shortened as Rush. And, um, you know, I've and and then my last name is Wit, which also has brought with it a lot of jokes from classmates about being. Um, I, I assume you'd say the same kind of thing in Australia. Someone could be a half wit, yep, or a yep. dim wit, or yep. a no wit, or so I've caught it on both ends of my yeah. name. But yeah, that's uh, that's my name, Rushton. Well, I- for the record, I reckon it's one of those cooler names that I'm like, maybe this guy made this up before I met you, you know, like this no. is a cool name to make up to, you know, put on the book or something like that. So I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Let's talk about the books because, um, you know, some people might be pastors, like you said, or they might have great mm-hmm. ideas, but it's not always books is where they want to go down to. Where did the, the love of books come from for you? Well, that's a great question. And I really, Clayton, I love talking about these things. Um So, you know, when I was in school, uh, you know, middle school, high school, college, I was a terrible student. I had no interest in books whatsoever. I did not listen to this. I did not read one book cover (laughs) to cover through any of that time all the way through college. Wow. I just read, I don't know, like the first sentence of each paragraph or the first few paragraphs of the chapter and then went to the end. And so books, I'm sure it was very surprising to my parents that I have now have had some role in, in that is kind of book friendly. So, um, so I did not always have that. It wasn't until going to graduate school, uh, which is where I studied more like pastoral ministry in preparing to be a pastor that I started to really love reading more. And uh, probably because of my interest in what I was reading about made a big difference to me. I saw the way that the the kinds of books I was reading then, uh, mainly Christian books, books about counseling, books about personal life as a Christian, those really caught my attention and made a difference in my life. So I got more interested in in reading that way. And then it, but it wasn't until after actually moving here to start a church where I needed to make a little extra money on the side that I uh, got a job working for a publisher. It was different than New Growth Press at the time. New Growth is the second publisher I've worked with, and I love it. Uh, I love the work that we do. I love New Growth Press with all of my heart. And the publisher I was working with prior to that gave me an opportunity to learn about publishing and to learn even more about what would it mean to write a book. I never thought that I would write a book uh, about anything. Uh, so that's really how I kind of came into the whole book area and space. Yeah. yeah, Love it. Now, let's talk about this book that you have written, uh, which, you know, you know, you've written a few books, but the one we want to talk about is I Want to Escape. Mm. So first of all, you know, so maybe somebody's sitting there thinking, oh, I love escape rooms. That's great. This is what we're going to be talking yeah. about today. Not quite an escape room. Not exactly. Uh, is what it is. What, what do you mean by escape, first of all? And then let's dig into a bit more of this. 
Yeah, this book, I Want to Escape, is about what I think is a common desire in the heart of every person that really becomes strong and loud when life presses in and feels overwhelming. I find that in my own life and in the lives of my friends and people in my church, and I think everyone, there is this natural sense that when something hard comes along, I need to run from it. I need to escape from this. I've got to get out of here kind of feeling. Actually, it was really highlighted for, I think, well, millions, millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world through the COVID-19 pandemic that we experienced. And that was actually the time that I w wrote this little book. And it was it was timely because that was a time when the overwhelming pressures were really high. And my own desire to escape was getting really big because we had problems in our town, like a lot of cities did. Big social issues were coming out into the forefront. We had these big questions and conflicts about the pandemic that were pressing in. And it just raised so many issues. And so uh, it was a good time. It was a hard time, but it was a good time to write on this because it was so familiar, just just the desire to get away from these problems. And um, and I knew that I needed help with that. So and and I knew that others did, too. So I thought, well, maybe I can maybe I can see what God says in the Bible about this, because that's where I go for answers in my life. And out came this book. Yeah. Um, now, the, you, you identified four common ways that you think that we sort of tend to escape. Um, and I like sort of the phrase rather than trust God, like, you know, this this sort of idea that we sort of go, OK, well, the option would have been potentially to trust God, but we're actually going to escape these as well. They all start with D. I don't know if you right. forced that in or that was just uh, naturally came about. Mm -hmm. But do, would you like to just mention what those four are and then maybe we'll dig into each of those? Yeah, it was uh, actually a little of both. A little of it was natural. And then if you're trying to work something like that to make it memorable, there's always a little massaging that yep. needs to happen. So there certainly was massaging there. But um, so the reason that they all start with a, with the same letter is just an effort to make them memorable. Because I find that when life is overwhelming for me, I need a plan. I need help that's easy to remember. I can't keep up with a huge system of do this and then do this and then do that. I need something simple. So what I have done with these four words essentially is to try to categorize the main ways that we try to escape when life is overwhelming. Sometimes we deny that there's a problem or temptation going on. We kind of ignore it and think that, you know, if I just ignore this, maybe it'll go away. Or at least it won't bother me right now. Or we, try to find some distraction, which is super easy right now. We are living in a world full of multiplied distractions, whether it's on social media or Netflix or, you know, the different activities that we can take on. Pickleball, pickleball's going crazy. Is pickleball a crazy thing in Australia? It, it's starting a little bit more. Not quite oh, as crazy as in the States at the moment. It's going crazy. Well, so we have all of these ways to distract ourselves. And I don't think that any of those things are in and of themselves wrong. It's, social media is not bad. Netflix is not necessarily bad. Pickleball is certainly not bad, but it is when it becomes my way of dealing with hard things in my life. And then sometimes when we are feeling these pressures, we escape by 
what uh, I call in the book deflecting or destroying, which has to do with if I think that there's a person in my life causing the trouble and I and I really want this trouble to go away, then I might actually kind of attack that person, uh, hopefully not physically, but there are lots of other ways that we attack people or uh, try to try to run them out. You know, the anxi anxieties of life can can sort of get so hot they boil over onto other people. And then, of course, there is the tragic reality that is so common in our world of uh, of seeking escape through death or through suicide, which is a major problem, and it's in need of ultimate compassion and help. But these are four categories that I think everybody, no matter how we go about escaping, can find some sense. I, I wonder, Clayton, if I could ask you, since we're having a conversation, which of those four seem to resonate with you most in your life? Yeah, I, I think um, for me, it's somewhere between the distraction and the deflect destroy. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, there's times I'm quite good at making sure I'm not being distracted <laughs> and mm -hmm. I can stay on tune. Uh, and there's yeah. other times where I'm like, you know what, I just I need the break is how I justify right. it for myself. And I'll, I'll take that break into some sort of escape. And the other one is um, I had a moment actually just last week uh, where I, I referred to it as my wife where uh, there was a, some stuff going on. It was actually around money in our situation. And um, and I got to like a certain point of worry. And then somehow I, I went so far past that into destroy and mode oh, wow. and that, that yeah. my brain and my whole being was oh, way past there. I know how it is. Um, and and it's sort of just as the train kept going, I'm like, I just kept feeding it, right? Because mm. that I knew it wasn't good. I knew it wasn't where, but it was just right. Um, actually, if I keep destroying this somehow, it's going to magically fix itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for yeah. me, I think they're, they're the two that that I tend to 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 lean into when I'm I'm going through this escape, rather than those moments of trusting God. Yeah, makes good sense to me. What about yep. yourself? Is there one for you that you tend to sort of lean to when you when you you realize you're you're not on that right path? Yeah, my my answer might be a little bit different than yours. And I think that's why this is such an important topic, because everybody has a kind of a leaning of how their personality might try to escape from hard things. Um, I probably am a little more bent toward distraction. I can find myself uh, excessively scrolling on the Instagram or uh, or or kind of binging into something, just even just sitting for a long time, knowing I really need to go deal with this, or I, I need to go do this hard thing. Uh, and so probably for me, it's a lot of distraction is probably the main thing that, that I do, I think. Yeah. So those four denial, distraction, deflect or destroy sort of that same category and death of those four D's. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back in a couple of minutes time and talk a bit more with Rush around these. We're going to have a, a bit of a, a dive into each and and sort of talk briefly. Now, obviously, he's written a book. We can't go through the whole book, but we mm -hmm. are going to just touch on a, a couple of those moments. What are some of those things that we can actually do if we find ourselves in these situations um, to just turn that corner? And we get a tip or two from Rush on in each of those. On the way next, here on 89.9, The Light. 89.9, The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and my guest, is the author of this book, I Want to Escape, Reaching for Hope When Life is Too Much. Rush Witt is with me. And we talked about the four common ways that Rush identified that we tend to escape in life when things get tough. 
rather than trusting God. We talked about that those four Ds, denial, distraction, uh, deflect or destroy, and death, that a choice that many sadly are making around suicide or mm. self-harm in that sense. Um, Rush, just before we get into each of these four sort of categories and then talk about how do we sort of really if we realize we're in those, get out of it. And as we mentioned earlier, we, you know, we can't cover all of it. That's why there's a book and, and people can read it from that perspective. I just wanted to ask one overarching question. Do, do you think that these four D's are more relevant to the Western world than perhaps say developing countries because of the choices we have, the freedoms we have? Um, is it universal in that sense? Or do you think it does actually fit more with that sort of Western mindset? That's a good question. I, you know, I don't know that I have thought through that um, very clearly or in depth. But my sense from uh, my, certainly my sense from the Bible, the way the Bible talks about people uh, around the world, and uh, my sense of what it means to just be human, that these ex- these efforts to escape seem to me not to be so much based in uh, a culture that we might be born into but they seem to me to be part of who we are and that these are natural ways of escaping that I think can affect any person anywhere because the real problem with escape is not outside of us, but the problem with escape is inside of us. It has to do with the way that I relate to God in my heart or how I relate to my life in my heart. And therefore, that desire or uh, pursuit of escape really is a part of me as a person. And that means that I need uh, need help. Uh, It's not so much that my problems are outside of me and the solutions are inside of me, but I think it's actually the opposite, that my problems are inside of me and the ultimate help is outside in God, in his word and in his good news. So I think that these are things that everyone experiences and faces. And I'm glad for that because I know also that there is a solution for everyone, which is found uh, by faith in Jesus, who is the living savior who helps us in the midst of these overwhelming seasons or times of life. Yeah. And I think this is one of those, um, you know, strange moments as we we talk about um, the answer being Jesus as well, right? That, you know, there's sort of that joke that often is in churches, it doesn't matter what you ask a kid in Sunday school, yeah. they know the answer is just Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we actually had a had a, a literal situation in our church once where the answer was, they were talking about animals, the answer was actually a koala. Right, but the kid still said Jesus because knew that that was supposed to be what the answer was. Uh, so we're not talking sort of this trying to be this flippant way of saying, oh well, the answer right. is just everything is Jesus. That there is a path to get there, right? But it's mm-hmm. the fact that Jesus does work with us individually. He he does have that hope. There, it is the absolute right answer. Um, but there is a path that each of us have. There's a there's a there's a connection. There's a different way. There's a different experience. It's it's not trying to say it's a one size fits all. But the answer mm-hmm. is the same as we go through. Uh, let's talk a bit about that too, we, as we use each of these. And I, I'm especially keen, Russia, as we said. You know, we can't give every single thing in the book. We don't have that much time. Um, yeah. But just as we go through each of these, is there a best way to perhaps or a way that you've sort of identified? 
um, that we might get out of these situations in the first place as we go through it. So if we talk about denial, if somebody's in a denial of their situation and and what it is, and that's their way of escaping from the, the tough reality of what's happening, mm. is there a best way to start just thinking to to move from that that path onto the better path? Yeah. The main way that I have uh, dealt with these problems and continue to this day is by using a kind of three-part plan uh, that was uh, taught to me in reference to helping other people. And that three-part plan comes from a passage in the New Testament in the book of Matthew, where it talks about what Jesus did during his earthly ministry, that he entered our world, quite literally entered our world. And he, because he has all wisdom, understood our need as people. He understood that people were in need of a shepherd, first and foremost, someone who could really understand them and care for them. And uh, then he also, by understanding the need, met that need himself by really bringing himself. So that plan there is really three words. Again, it's another simple way for me to understand what I should do is enter, understand, and bring. I talk about this in that other book that you, I, we, 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 you referenced other books earlier called Die Hard Sins. But what happens in that book is I take that plan for helping other people and help those who are reading and myself to do an enter, understand, bring kind of ministry to ourselves. So when it comes to the desire to escape, or we find ourselves caught in this cycle of denial or distraction or whatever it may be, I think that what we should try to do is to enter in to that moment of struggle, which would mean to really face it and to really be willing to pull the curtain back and enter into it with hope because of, because of Jesus, and then to understand with his help, what is really going on in my life, in my heart right now? Why am I yearning to escape? Why am I giving myself to this denial, the endless uh, scrolling as well, kind of distraction? And then to bring Christ and his answers, Jesus and his answers to bear upon that. So this is where I really start uh, in thinking about what should we be doing? We should be entering in. I'm trying to understand through the word of God what's going on and bring the answers that Jesus gives to us because he's the shepherd that we need. And I think that, you know, uh, we're about to go through each one, but that sort of under, works for all of them, doesn't it? Enter, sure, understand, it and yeah. bring. That this is this idea of, uh, I, I love that, to, to actually rather than try and pretend whatever's going on is not going on, let's enter that. And then, but with the spirit of understanding and asking him to to help us in there, I suppose it's different for different ones of those, isn't it? That if we're in denial, okay, you know, we might be able to do those things easier than distraction in one sense. If we're so distracted, we can't even get our moments mm. to do mm-hmm. that. Or if we're fully deflect or destroy mode, that, that's the aspects too. Uh, however, I think that's a great principle across all of them. Is there mm-hmm. something different? we should be considering when we talk about that that last sort of d we talk through that destroy that idea of sorry about the death whether it's mm-hmm. self-harm whether it's somebody's thinking suicide is it the same principles to think through um is that we listen you know what if we ever get to those situations let's talk to somebody straight away are there are there principles that you think look this is something really important to to talk about for for that one 
Oh, absolutely. I think so. I think as as we look at those four categories of escape, we find that certain ones need an extra kind of help. So, you know, there's a difference between um, me scrolling on social media as my means of escape and me lashing out at another person to try to eradicate them as my problem. There's a difference there. Both are important. But one needs a kind of intensive help, and it's the one of the lashing out. I need more help to know how to handle this difficult relationship, if that's what the issue is that I'm, I'm thinking I should escape from. And then if we think also about this other kind of escape, which seeks escape through death and ultimate times of despair, a super, you know, very sad situation that so many people are feeling themselves in then there's another layer of compassion and help that is needed. And it's not something that I can just turn off like social media. Uh, it, it's not as easy as just making some, some kind of simple change or switching channels or switching my focus because it is a, a very consuming problem or, or, or experience. So my encouragement to anyone who is thinking in those deadly kind of ways or feeling that temptation is really to see as an ultimate need for help and to seek that help from a trusted pastor or perhaps a, you know, a faithful biblical counselor or even a compassionate Christian friend who can provide that additional support. And some people don't, don't have that. Some people have not uh, found a, a community of support that could help them in those times. And uh, for them and others, you know, there are obviously other resources that we should make use of, whether it is in the states calling 911, uh, which is a way to get immediate emergency help. What is it where you live? Yeah, the the, the certainly the police line, but actually uh, here in Australia, we also have the lifeline, which is specifically around if you are having mm. these sorts of thoughts um, uh, to call, give them a call. And that's 13 11 14, 13 11 14 is the lifeline specifically around if that's uh, where you're currently uh, thinking or, or, or processing in that, uh, please make sure you make that call um, before anything occurs. Absolutely. Yeah. We also just uh, as another line is uh, our care line. Um, and that's if you're just processing uh, some of the things that Rush has been talking about today, or maybe you've heard us talk about Jesus a bit and you go, well, who's this Jesus guy? Um, certainly our care line is there for you as well. And that's uh, some trained volunteers who are just ready to take your call, have a chat, uh, pray with you as well. And that's 9583-2273 or 9583-CARE if you use the letter pad on your phone. 9583-CARE and that lifeline number again, 131114. Um, Rush, as we uh, sort of finish up and, and, and go from here I, I love always hearing uh, any stories and I'm not meaning for you to share someone's personal name um, but uh, already as you put this book out is there there a story that somebody is connected back in with you and said oh this is this has helped me like this uh, that you just absolutely love talking about I I think that probably the most common story is the one in which uh, someone will will read the book and it kind of opens their eyes to something that they hadn't seen going on within them, that they might have those fleeting moments. You know, I, I you, you probably have this. I, I have this where when something hard is going on, 
I'm not thinking all the way to the point of some some tragic attempt to escape, but the thought pops in my head, even just for a moment, that, you know, this hard thing would go away if, you know, I wasn't here or if I could just eliminate this person from my life. And uh, those little fleeting thoughts aren't always recognized by us. And so I think the the most common, and I'm happy for it, the most common um, kind of testimonial that I hear about those people who read the book is just that it it kind of opens up their vision to something they didn't realize was a problem in their lives. It was there, it was beneath the surface, but the book helped to give some color and some understanding and vision for this really is something that I'm struggling with and it's affecting my life and it's, it's holding me back. It's, it's maybe holding me back in some key area of my life or in my marriage or another relationship, or it's holding me back in, in my, in my career, or it's holding me back in my relationship with God. And I need to really think about how this is playing out day by day for me. That, that's really a common, common testimonial, I think, that comes back and I'm really glad for it because that's what I hope this book will do. And that's what writing the book has done for me, just made things a lot clearer yeah. for me as and we uh, as we live life. I think as we do that too, what a, what a blessing that is from, from your perspective as the author of that book to go, well, actually for people to first identify, it means that they can help themselves best, right? Like we have to be able right. to identify things to be able that's to right. change things. Um, and if if they're even identifying that before they're getting into any of these four days of actual action, right? But they're identifying the thought mm. before. Um, you can you can change the way you go about things much much easier at that point than once you're you're in it as well in that sense. So that must be a just a huge right. you know huge win from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And you know it's also interesting. This book is a part of a series of books that are similar to it uh, in format is that they're short, they're about a hundred pages and they all are focused on some key questions or problems like this, like escape or, uh, you know, there's another one in the series. I have a psychiatric diagnosis, but I don't really know what the Bible says, or I'm really anxious about making decisions and I need help, uh, you know, being able to see clearly what I should do in the midst of anxiety. So there are a, a number of books. The series is growing, and the series is called Ask the Christian Counselor. So these books are not just useful to, to us as, as readers personally, but they're also they're great books to give to someone else or to walk through with someone else. Uh, or if you find yourself with a friend and you're wanting to know, how could I help and encourage my friend in this, there's a usefulness in reading the book to say, okay, this is something I can now pass along in our conversation and i really love that about this series and uh and it's continuing to grow so the opportunities for us to be equipped to help our friends is just growing right along with it i love that absolutely love that it's what we all desire and need whether we're the one in the situation or the one who is the friend or the family around them as well um, the book, I Want to Escape, written by Rush Witt, is what we've been talking about today. And it's been wonderful having you with us, Rush. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time as well. Oh, thank you so much. It's been really a delight to have this conversation with you and to really be able to talk together and, and share share life and um, and to get to know each other. It's really, it's really great. I love it. Rush Witt, my guest here on 89.9 Delight in Conversation. <laughs> 